members i'm kate and i'm emma and we are wishing you a very merry krampus are we no are we because doing you that? made us <laughs> we we did not have a merry krampus no it's not, it's not it's not christmas here yet but emma and i both sat down with a hot cup of coffee to watch this delightful christmas horror movie that you guys recommended for us ready to start off my much needed vacation i sat down with my cup of coffee <laughs> And put on Krampus. <laughs> we watch Krampus. What is you guys. wrong with you guys? <laughs> this is not just me. Kate has opinions too. And I'm this just going to say. the worst fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm just going to say. I said we should watch Gremlins. And instead we got a Gremlins knockoff. That's all I'm going to say. No. <laughs> no one listened. All right. Hold on. I'll, I'll say one more thing. Um, I don't normally drink during these recordings. Um, but Emma, if you can see what I have here, it is a healthy pour of rosé. Why? Well, because I was saving my pour um, until I was on air. I hope you can <laughs> hear that. For dramatic effect. <laughs> okay. Um, so this episode was recommended by a lot of people. I can't even name all of them. Every year we do a holiday horror movie. And, you know, in the past we've done um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. We did both Black Christmases because the first one I got the wrong Black Christmas. <laughs> Many iterations Oops. of Black Christmas. But I I really, I, I'm pretty sure this is the right Krampus. This is a 2015 Krampus. Um, there's a bunch of, all, there's all sorts of other Krampuses. Nick was listing them off. He's like, yeah, Krampus's mom, you know, son of Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> there's a ton. I got to tell you, I was expecting kind of a a cdb movie which this is not but i wish it were i uh, i could not agree with you emma i think we're gonna get along this episode i think we may because like i as you'll know this is not a surprise at this point if it is maybe you should go listen to some other episodes but (laughs) i am not into horror but what i can appreciate is a bad movie and i love a good bad movie and this movie was bad but not for the right reasons (laughs) Not ha ha bad. Just regular bad. <laughs> just regular bad. Before we get into um, the the movie, we do need to talk about club bulletins. Emma, do we have any new club bulletins? <clears throat> um, in fact, is we that do you have introducing a- your club bulletin? <laughs> yeah, that that that's my that's my bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Walter Cronkite. <laughs> I know I need some papers to shuffle to shuffle. Um, yeah. Well, everybody, welcome back to this club meeting. I do have one main club bulletin, and that is a new review. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. I like new reviews. Those are the cheers that I would imagine y'all would be giving if we were not virtually meeting as a club. (laughs) Yeah, everyone is equally thrilled that we have a review. (laughs) ah. Okay, so Lindsay Burke uh, sent us a club bulletin. Oh, yeah. It's called Dynamic Duo, and it is one star. No, is it one star? No, it's not. <laughs> that would be so fucking rude. Oh, okay, good. It, oh, you said no one and that's the end of it. <laughs> that would break my heart. That, that, that would be a really sick burn, though, if someone was like, <laughs> dynamic duo, one Especially star. Especially because we're sisters, so there's really not much we can do about that. <laughs> that would be really mean. That would be so funny. So what, what did she, she say? Says, 
She says, I may be a little biased because I know Kate and the extremely driven and intelligent person she is, but I think that what makes this podcast, that's what makes this podcast rock. Even better that she shares this with her horror movie loathing sister, that's me, which provides a lot of humor. (laughs) I am serious about my horror movies and their details, reviews, and ratings are spot on. Love it. And then she gave a little okay sign. Oh, I love that. So I actually, I had seen this review um, <laughs> because it, it had my name in it. I was like, wait, <laughs> mm-hmm. someone's either pleased or very upset. And I think I reached out to Kate and was like, do you know you a did. Lindsay Burke? Because she knows you. Because <laughs> she knows you. And I was like, I do actually. But like, I didn't know she liked horror movies. So I'm trying to play it really cool. So I just like messaged her. I'm like, weird question. Do you like horror movies? And she's like, yes, I do. I'm like, is this you? <laughs> In fact, I do. Lindsay's That's incredible. Awesome. I worked with her um, at one of the first um, hospitals I ever worked at before I was a vet. When I was, I was just starting as a vet nurse, and she was just the coolest person. So it's just really neat that she's in our club now. That's just very cool. I'm so glad she's here. Yeah, so. we're so glad to have you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for your sweet review. I really needed that after this very bad movie. That makes <laughs> makes it all worth it. Yes, and I also um, just want to give a shout out uh, to Jake, who sent us a very nice, uh, loving message and also gave us some recommendations. So thank you, Jake, for those recommendations. We will definitely be taking them to heart. And then I also want to give a shout out to uh, BW, who sent a, um, a ghost story for future ghost story episodes. Oh, yeah. We're definitely doing more ghost story episodes. Also, if you guys have ghost stories, it's not too late. Uh, email them to us at nightlighthorrormoviclub at gmail.com. DM us on any of our various social media. And uh, I like reading them. I really like reading them. And I'd like to read them on air and scare Emma. <laughs> and last but not least, I want to shout out Hayward, who sent us a message um, that was recommending Candyman, Tales from the Hood, and Child's Play. And can I just say, I'd be down to watch any of those. And I think that's saying something. That is saying something. Well, I'm Candyman- shocked that... No one's mentioned, no one's asked for Candyman. I know. Candyman has such lore that I, I actually would want to see it because I saw Candyman 2 as awful. But in the previews for Candyman 2, because we were at um, kind of an indie, we were at the Alma Draft House. And so they were showing us cool like behind the scenes about Candyman 1. And I was like, oh, I like this is part of, if I'm, am I, if I'm being forced to be immersed in horror lore, I feel like I should note this one. And then, Oh, I can steep you in some Candyman lore. Yeah, I can talk about that all day. And Tales from the Hood sounds hilarious and amazing. And then Child's Play is classic. It's classic. And you haven't seen any of those, obviously. I know. you don't like horror movies. And Kate dressed Excellent up as Chucky for, uh, for, I almost said for Christmas. Not for Christmas. That hasn't I can. happened. She could. It's not too but. late. <laughs> it's not too late. Yeah, we no have one a, knew what I was. No we one knew who I was. You know what? I, I, I really thought I liked my intern class until no one knew what you were. And that pissed me off. Yeah, I took Kate to a Halloween party. <laughs> well, I scared. Uh, I had, I had my Chucky, I had my child's played overalls. And then I had, I bought a fancy prop knife <laughs> that looked very real. And I had it in my pocket and I would whip <laughs> yeah. it out. And people were just drunk enough that it worked. And they were like, is that real? I'm like, do you think I brought a real knife into your home? Also, because Kate was trying to not seem too insane, just since she didn't know anybody, which to be fair, I knew not many people at that party, but she, so she didn't do like the hair with it. I think that's what would have really sold it because no one can miss the red hair. 
I was trying to play it like play it down for you. I'm like, Emma's trying to make a good impression on these people. Let's not give it all to them at once. <laughs> Let's just ease into it. And fair, it was still too enough. much because people thought I had I was carrying an actual weapon. So yeah, I know. And we're somehow work. taking that much, much better than I would have taken that. Yeah, they were like, wow, that's that's intense. <laughs> that's um, great. Yeah, we can't have uh, we can't have Chucky at Christmas because we're doing a Harry Potter themed Christmas. So that's just it can not, be two themes. The flow. Um, no. Our what is it? No. Our Guardian <laughs> mimosas. Oh yeah, we're doing a Harry Potter Christmas theme. It's not horror, but it's it's enough spook that Emma will let me do it. Um, I will have full Dementors hanging in all of the closets. No, you will not. Me. If you did that, you yeah, don't know you, that. I wish you hadn't told me that because that would be hilarious. I would, <laughs> I would love that. That You'll would be have great. To open a coat closet and find out. We have candles hanging from all the ceilings. They look really um, good. They I mean, look like they're levitating. Yeah. Nick did a really good job on them. Um, we're going to make Wingardium Mimosas. It's going to be a whole thing. Uh, but ready. we will not be watching Krampus again. Uh, I'm uh, I'm afraid that I am going to have to tap out on ever watching this. Yeah, once again. once was plenty. Can I talk about Krampus? It's time. Please do. You know what? Let me just swig of the wine. All right, let's talk about Krampus, you guys. Um, let's do a quick synopsis in case you've never seen this movie. I had never seen this movie, um, which is surprising. So- it is surprising and so I was kind of I was excited about Krampus I was like oh yeah like it's classic it's it's lore I love lore let's get into it and I I didn't know what to expect from it which I think is part of why I had such a reaction to it yeah (laughs) I didn't know what it was I had never seen a trailer so I was I thought it I thought it was going to be a very serious horror movie, but then as I watched, I'm like, okay, this is a horror comedy. And then Emma was like, yeah, it's it's supposed to be a horror comedy. But then the more I watched it, the more confused I got because we'll talk about it. But this movie has like no tone. It either has no tone or it has too much tone. <laughs> a movie uh, should have one tone. Perplexing. Yeah, it was quite perplexing. But this is the basic story of it. This is the overarching synopsis. We have a little boy who has a very dysfunctional family, and the little boy forgets the spirit of Christmas, and he accidentally wishes a horrible death on all of his family. But it's a lot more boring than that. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a great movie. It really does. Um, But we'll we'll, we'll talk about the movie. Quick spoiler warning. We do spoil Krampus. Um, I don't... I think you'll be okay. I think you should listen to us anyway. Um, but you if you did probably, want to watch. You should probably listen to us and maybe don't watch it. I would make your decision based on this podcast. I would listen to me <laughs> and Emma before you invest a full hour and 40 minutes into this film. And that is not to say that we do not have much love for the people that suggested this. But we also no, we do. We have to give you a very severe scolding for this one. <laughs> That's part that's part of whenever you suggest movies to people because people will suggest movies that are important to them. And I feel this too. Whenever I'm someone's like, Yeah, I watched that movie you recommended, I'm like, Did you like it? And sometimes they're like, No. <laughs> yeah, I try to make everyone watch Troll Two, Trolls Two and Um The Room. And that's a very particular genre of movie that I should maybe think a little bit before I recommend it. You probably should. I I feel very attached to Hill House and I've absolutely recommended Hill House to people and they're like, 
that that was terrible. And I'm like, <gasps> and it just hurts me in my heart. So please know that I, I love all of you club members. You're all amazing. But God damn it. This was a bad movie. Um, <laughs> shall we just get into the film breakdown? Let just us one more swig of wine. Let's jump. A swig in. of wine for Krampus. You know, for Krampus, for folklore Krampus, not movie Krampus, for like yeah, actual uh, alpine sw- folklore Krampus. I'll swig um, to that. Yeah, we swig to Krampus because Krampus, you're supposed to leave him um, uh, schnapps. <laughs> Ooh, that's uh, a um, folk character I can get behind. Oh, absolutely. And don't worry, we're going to talk about actual Krampus, like folklore Krampus and Emma I believe Emma is covering the movie because I as we were watching the movie there's quite a cast of characters that show up a lot of possessed <laughs> oh toys. I got you I got and you. I want I was like Emma can you please I need more information on these toys so I hear Emma's got some information on that yeah. on that on those characters we saw that when we were the credits were rolling we saw there was a character named Lumpy and we just had to know more oh I know about Clumpy and Dumpy Clumpy, Dumpy, and Lumpy. <laughs> Those are not from the Krampus folklore, I will tell you. But some of the characters are, and we'll get into that later. Oh, are they? Yeah, like their backstories. I'm like, wow, that would have been really interesting if I had known that when I was watching the movie. Oh, too late. Well, let's late. talk about film breakdown. So film genre. I actually didn't prepare one. So let me just make one on the fly. Um, Man, I don't even know. I would say I- toy horror. Torror? Torror. Ugh. No. I don't know if I like that. Clumpy horror? <laughs> okay, you know my one rule, and I don't know how you're going to wiggle another movie I'll into clumpy horror. <laughs> um, how about Lorer? <gasps> Lorer. I can get behind that. That's like the Lorer. witch, you know? Yeah, I, can, I, I dig it. Yeah. All right. Lorer it is. Um, that's the Emma has a rule where the film genre has to there has to be at least multiple movies that can fit into one genre at least two my unspoken rule is that it has to be difficult to pronounce <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I think we I very think we're true. both satisfied that's perfect so this movie was released in 2015 mm-hmm. um it's my favorite part is to talk about return on investment this one hurts a little bit um usually I'm upset because movies don't make what I think they deserve to make and um Emma oh, wow. the Budget was $15 million. That's so a lot of millions. That's an insane amount of horror money. movie. Which you could tell for, from the beginning because like from the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, this production value is like I'm watching an actual Christmas movie, which yeah, it, I, it's Universal Studios. Yeah, it's Universal Studios. It's legendary entertainment. Like it's yeah, actually Multiple like very, production well, companies. very well produced. Um, and, and it sounds like, I think the director actually wanted the first part of the movie to be strictly a Christmas movie b- before it turned towards horror and dark fantasy. So he was doing that on purpose. Was it effective is a question. That is, a, well, tone comes up the more I, I mean, I haven't looked up anything about this movie, but to me, tone is one of my biggest pet peeves with this movie is I can't figure out, like, is it a Christmas movie? Is it, is it a B comedy? Because it'll take itself extremely seriously for certain scenes. And then the same scene, they'll play again as like a slapstick comedy. And then the same scene they'll do as like a B movie. And then Tony Collette is there. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I don't a, understand. There's a pretty good cast, which is shocking. It's not shocking because of the amount of money that went into this movie, but it's shocking based on the content of the movie. Unnecessary, I will say. <laughs> And Kate said when we were watching the movie, 
something that I thought was very kind of important. She was like, you know, it's really saying something that two actresses that I objectively love are not making the scene work for me. And it was Tony Collette and Allison, was it Coleman? Tolman, yeah. Tolman, and I and love Allison her. Uh, Allison Tolman is in, she's in Fargo, like the TV show. She's in the first mm-hmm. season of Fargo. She's the cop. She's also in... um bad or good girls on netflix which is a show i really like so like anything with her in it i get excited about but i couldn't and that's how i feel about tony colette (laughs) yeah exactly um i i want to talk about the cast a little bit so the character names don't super matter we have like two different core families um like the core family that has Max, who's I think the main character, the child who makes a bad wish, kind like of the makes first a bad wish. Fourth of the movie, he's the main character, and then he disappears until the end. And then until he the back end, out. comes back. But you have Adam Scott, who um, I wrote down Democrat Daddy. <laughs> he's married to Tony Collette, and his whole role is that he is like a modern Democrat, I guess. Um, uh, that's about neither it. Then, democrats nor republicans are represented well in this movie <laughs> offensive no. to all offensive to all and then we have tony collette who is just the very angry mom i put her as creme brulee queen um <laughs> then we have Effective. david koshner who is just the embodiment of toxic masculinity he is famous from the office he's packer from the office he plays packer in this role but like dad packer He's a huge character actor and he's so funny. Like he's so, not in this. Yeah. But he's this. he's normally hilarious. Like normally when I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh shit, he's in this. I love when he's in movies because he's funny. And it just does him so dirty. I think he does what he can with it, but he's just not funny in this movie. And which like, and I agree with you. I think he's a great character actor because in The Office, his character as Packer is like sort of like a crude character, which he's supposed to be crude, but that's not really my... He's not supposed to be likable. No, he's not supposed to be likable, but even him doing like crude, unlikable humor, I find very funny and effective. Like he does it so well. So I anticipated me liking him in this role, even though it's another character you're not supposed to like, but I just couldn't get behind it because because of the writing. Yeah, I agree. And then Allison Tolman, who Emma's mentioned, she's like the, uh, she's Tony Collette's counterpart. And she's just trapped in a loveless marriage with David Kushner. Except for sometimes they do love each other randomly, like little spurts of love. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, they're like, both of the relationships seem very dead. And then like randomly they'll be like, but I do love her. Or like, you know, they'll, they'll randomly like, like throw I know a what you mean. It. Yeah. I love my like, wife too. You haven't done Your daughter's that missing. At all. Shouldn't you be upset? <laughs> Why are you bonding over your wife's, your daughter's missing? Like, also, what the daughter never came back. Like, that storyline just kind of died. Yes. Um, yes, it did. Uh, a lot of storylines died in this movie. But we're forgetting two of my favorite, or three of my favorite cast members that you oh, haven't God. mentioned yet. Um, Dumpy, Clumpy, and <laughs> was it Lumpy? Yes. I thought you were going to say, say Stevie Jordan and the other one who's actually a boy. Oh, the kids? No, they're not important. Yeah, Clumpy, they're Dumpy, not important. And lumpy. But Dumpy, Clumpy, and Lumpy. <laughs> the CGI so, characters you love to forget. So, the halfway, three quarters of the way through this movie, um, it's, it's at the point when it's being played as a very straight horror movie. Three quarters of the way through, we are introduced to three new characters, and they are animated slapstick gingerbread men. Um, Emma, did you look up the cast that they got? So I found out when I was looking up fun facts that Seth Green and Justin Roiland yes. were two of the 
characters for yes. these like these gingerbread men who just to set the scene like everyone they're scared so they're beth has gone i think beth was the name of the daughter someone's gone missing missing the teenage daughter has gone missing and they're like trying to stay awake and look out for an intruder and blah 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 and the fire goes out which the german grandmother was like don't let the fire go out but in german she said that and then you go to this kid who is being portrayed as a fat an augustus gloop type character yes which i just like i have issue with that character role in general but anyway he's playing that character and he just gets up and walks over to the fireplace there's a gingerbread man dangling out of the fireplace he walks up doesn't wake up anyone even though he has been shown in this movie to be a mama's boy, he doesn't wake up anyone. He walks over and tries to take a bite out of this gingerbread man. And he it does comes take alive. a bite out of it. He takes a bite out of it. It comes alive, wraps itself, like wraps a bunch of chains around the boy and then like sucks him up the chimney. So that's how we're introduced uh, they, to these quality characters. They do karate. Um, they set things on fire. And ultimately, the way that they are defeated is that the family dog eats them. That's is exactly what you think it is. It's exactly what you think it is. They which also was not use a the nail tone. Gun. It is a, it, a, a nail gun that isn't plugged into anything. And it's just such a jar for the tone. Like the tone of the movie at that point is like people are crying. Someone's missing. We're getting this like creepy backstory about Krampus. And then there's just gingerbread man like just running around like ho ho. Very much. It looks like they were trying to redo Shrek's gingerbread man. He was fantastic, by the way. Who, um, like, I mean, like, leave perfection alone, first of all. <laughs> exactly. But they do this thing with the movie where they try to make it a horror movie, they try to make it a family Christmas movie, and they try to make it a comedy. And they do those things separately. They're not intertwined at all. So the first part of the movie is a family Christmas movie, which apparently he did on purpose. And then it becomes sort of horror light. Like, there's still, like, weird, like, kind of quirky music in the background even though I think at that point they're sincerely trying to be dark horror. And then you have like gingerbread men shooting a nail gun, which I think is supposed to be comedy. So it's just so muddled. The fact that Emma said, I think it's supposed to be comedy. <laughs> that wasn't even meant to be a burn, but I guess it is. It sure is. But Emma, I, I know that you looked up critical reception and I really want to know what it is. But before you do, I need you to guess the box office. So you said how many, how many million? Uh, 15 million. <laughs> I think this movie did well for the reasons that that sometimes me and people don't get along. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> it did got 50 million in the box office. 61.5 million. Yeah, I just, I mean, it had, a, it had a lot of good actors to bring it in, like to bring in people to go watch. I would maybe like if that just came out. And it was about, we thought it was about Krampus. I could see you trying to take, say, why don't, you know, you're off this week. Why don't we go see this movie at Alamo Draft House? It's about Krampus. I'd like, and it has Tony Collette in it. I could see that being enough to get you to go to the movie. Yeah, it would. That would have gotten me in that seat. You're absolutely right. So. Content yeah. be damned. <laughs> I would yep. have gone to see it. Well, what did people think of this movie? Um, So. People that aren't us. People that aren't us, and maybe this is the people who voted for this movie, like our patrons. So they it got a 66 by critics, which is a okay. uh, tomato, I think. Or it's at least that's not a, a... That's not a green tomato. And it or got like a, a splat tomato. No, and it got a 51% by the audience, which was surprising that's, to me. 
I thought the Way audience would like I it. I would have thought. Yeah, I thought the audience would like it more than the critics. Critics preferred this movie more than audiences did. Which shocks me. It really shocks me. So I have some reviews to put this into context. Okay. Uh, both good ones and bad ones. So Okay, good. Um, here's, a, here's one by Stephanie Zacharek from Times Magazine. She said, some clever soul might have done something moderately effective with this idea, but Krampus is Ooh. too dumb to be scary and too listless to be entertaining. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I was bored to tears. Mm-hmm. Then a gentleman named John Hanlon of the very famous John Hanlon Reviews. <laughs> <laughs> what if it is famous and we just don't know? I know. We're just ignorant. He said, outrageous and devilishly funny, this film is a combination of Gremlins and Christmas Vacation, which maybe that's the problem for me because this I is don't a very, like Christmas Vacation. This is a very unpopular opinion, but I had I a boyfriend that wanted me to watch Christmas Vacation and I wanted to like it for him and I did not like Christmas Vacation. Did not like it at I, all. I'm the same way. But that was an objectively very successful movie and I feel like this is very much, I think that, that John, John Hanlon is on point when he's saying that's in the vein of that like a dysfunctional family getting up to hijinks i think this isn't for us then maybe maybe that's you know what no it maybe it isn't for us but the the absolute horrendous pacing the multiple different tone the tonal shifts that happen like on a dime like it doesn't make sense the weird, it doesn't make sense the weird haphazard mixing of animation was problematic um <gasps> the animation what the there's like an halfway through the story we get like an animation sequence it uses two different types of animation and it's so visually jarring it's like <laughs> it's that so candy visually man, hideous um it's that candy man like paper cutout animation i don't know what that's called um that i actually like so whenever they started out with I love that it I was like, oh, I like that at least at least gives a vibe of something older, something ancient, like because I think of like I guess maybe based on my upbringing, I think of Buffy and whenever they have like the the um, it's like um, yeah, they have like a light. It's, it's shadow. It's like shadow puppets. shadow puppets. Thank you. They have like the shadow puppet thing, and it, and that's when they were talking about like the original Slayer or whatever. So I think of that. And I'm like, okay, I like this sort of ancient feel. But then they, whenever they're telling the story, all of the background characters in the story are using that animation. But the main character, which is the grandma, tell, talking about her childhood and the, and Krampus and how it affected her life, is in like what, what kind CGI? Of it's yeah, is in CGI. Classic CGI. And it doesn't work at all. And it's like, it's almost like they couldn't, they'd spent all their money on Tony Collette and they couldn't afford to do the whole thing or they were trying to do spooky, but they didn't quite know how to melt the two. So rather than making her in the shadow puppet style, they made her regular animation and everyone around her in shadow puppet. So it just did not work for me. No, it was disjointed and distracting from the story. So I have two more reviews. Um, okay. One is a good one. It's have yeah, yourself, good, good. have yourself a scary little Christmas. This is by B.A. Harrison. He said, having already given horror fans trick or treat for Halloween, director Michael Daugherty turns his attention yeah, to... Yeah, Michael Daugherty is... Uh, that's before you continue. I do want to mention Michael Daugherty was the director and one of the three writers for this movie. And he also was a director writer for Trick or Treat, which is a movie that I love. I love Trick or Treat. So, like, no disrespect mm-hmm. to him personally. And I um, completely not, different movie though. I did not see Trick or Treat the movie, but I did go to the Hall- Halloween Horror Nights Haunted House, and I thought Trick or Treat as a haunted house was great. So, 
props I think to you'd that. love that movie. It's a completely yeah. different movie than this movie. I'll tell you that. Then I'd probably love it. No, just kidding. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, oh, and I will just say that there were just like as a fun fact, there is a scene where um, Max sharing Max, who is like the main sort of the protagonist main character who said, oh, I don't little boy. want my family. Yeah, the little boy. He's sharing some of his candies from his Halloween stash to comfort his cousins. Um, and you can see in the bag a lollipop that's identical to the one that was used <gasps> as a weapon in Trick or Treat. Oh, like the little like broken one with a bite out of it. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So I like that. Like a I love good Easter homage. egg. But to finish this review, he basically says, having already given horror fans Trick or Treat for Halloween, uh, the director turns his attention to Christmas, delivering festive es- escapement and frights with Krampus in which an evil character and anti-Santa Santa Claus pays a visit to a family who have lost their seasonal spirit. I'm not one for saccharine, family-friendly Christmas movies with a cheery ending. My initials aren't B-A-H for nothing. And I relish the thought of some (laughs) demented Christmas comedy horror. Krampus takes a while to get into the swing of things, but once it does, it's a nonstop fun, getting darker and darker as it goes on. No, it doesn't. I don't think it does either. Yeah, but it doesn't, though. Like, it gets campy at the end. Out of nowhere, it gets really campy. <laughs> you know what? I am I I don't normally do this, but I do want to do a quick run-through of the plot just so people who haven't seen this movie can understand where I'm coming from and kind of make their own opinion. Well, okay, I have one more review it. for you that I think that you will relate to. Please tell me. So this is John Lull from The Straits Times, which is in Singapore, which I think is kind of cool. He says, for an example of how not to blend genres, look to Krampus, which fuses horror, comedy, and the Christmas feel-good movie into one lumpy festive package. Agreed. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, no, I totally agree like, with this Like, who, who is this movie for? You know what? Hold on. I made a list. As I was watching this movie... I literally paused it and I was like, I got to get my notebook. (laughs) (laughs) She did. This did happen. All right. Oh, you wanted paper shuffling? Here we go. My (laughs) list of grievances. So first, I just want to bring up a couple of lines from this movie that I'm going to read in order. (laughs) Merry Christmas, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, man. Only it's mother and then they like you know, some noise happens so they don't drop the F-bomb. So even worse. To keep it PG-13. Uh-huh. Oh, come on. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Give me back my kids, you fudger. And then my personal favorite one-liner, we should have gone to my brothers. (laughs) No, just no. Just no. Just poor writing. Just bad writing. And to be fair, at the very beginning, Kate and I saw that there were three writers and immediately said, that's too many writers. <laughs> we did. We're like, that's too many. If you if it's three writers, it's either you don't have a strong enough story or you're going to be fighting for the theme. Yes. And that's exact. It was both. They managed to do both. It was both of those problems. I like um, to imagine that there was like a scary movie writer a horror movie writer and a family movie writer and they were just all fight, fighting and vying <laughs> for the, just, the theme. And they had a mediator just like, all right, how about this? We'll leave in the gingerbread men that stab people, but you got to let us have a 15-minute sequence where it hunts someone and it's very serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Okay. If you insist. But before we talk, I know we've talked about the movie a lot and I do want to talk about it some more, but I do also want to talk about actual actual Krampus. 
It yes. is it is the season. And I think Krampus is fascinating. So Krampus um is a and this is outside of the movie. This is actual folklore Krampus. Krampus is a horned Christmas demon from like Alpine folklore. So from like Switzerland, Germany, Austria, Monaco, Italy, mm-hmm. France. Um he serves as like the antithesis of Santa or of St. Nicholas and he frightens naughty children. And the way he typically looks is very different from this movie. So I was very, whenever you, we, we get like the Krampus reveal at the end of the movie and it is nothing like I thought he was going to no. look. So if you look up Krampus, I posted some photos. I would, I posted some photos on Instagram of like Christmas cards with Krampus on them. And I was so excited those photos actually made me like excited to watch the movie and learn about the folklore because the they're just interesting. They're really interesting photos. And like even the director used like old postcards and things like that to influence Krampus, which is why it's so confusing that he doesn't look good at the end. He doesn't. And you know what's also confusing is do you know who made Krampus? Who? Okay, so it was a creature creation um workshop. So it was like a like a separate lab that they hired out to do Krampus and to do special effects. And it's called Wita Workshop, or I think it's Wita Workshop. It's based out of New Zealand. And I looked to see what else they had done. Emma, they produced the sets, the costumes, the armor, weapons, creatures, miniatures, and bigotures for, <gasps> for Lord, Lord of the, of Rings, the Rings and The Hobbit. What? I'm sorry. They, made, myth, so... they made Mithrail out of PVC pipe. Like, they're incredible. But they're like, this, so good. This character's face did not move he had a mask on and then he would slide they would slide his little tongue through it but his face didn't move like he had a mask on for the main character like the for the, ginger- for the antagonist of this movie the gingerbread men got more mobility in their in their act the, all the supporting characters got more functionality in their costume or their cgi than the main character did which just confused me it was so, it was so anticlimactic for me, and also it just didn't look like Krampus. So, Krampus in the original lore is typically like hairy. He is hairy in this movie, and he's also like black. Though he's typically either brown or black. He does have cloven hooves. He does. They do keep that. But he's supposed to be goat horned and like have fangs and have like a. He does have a long pointed tongue that lolls out of his mouth. I'll say that, that. was there. It's the face that does it for me. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Because he's supposed to be kind of like um, more like Black Philippi looking, like more demonic. Yeah. He had and, a bastardized and, Christmas uh, St. Nick face is what he had. Yeah, he did. And so in the ancient lore, um, he would sometimes he, he carries chains and he'd like shake them around and scare kids. He'd also sometimes have bells. Sometimes he'd have a birch rod. And sometimes he'd have either a cart or a sack to take away evil children, um, to drown them, to eat them, oh. or to transport them to hell. So, yeah, I hope you made the nice list this kid yeah, is your kids. Yeah, Jesus, dear God. <laughs> That's how they kept their kids good in the Alps. That must <laughs> like be why Krampus. everyone was so polite in Denmark. Was like, oh, oh, yeah, because Krampus will literally drown them. Yeah. <laughs> and the way Krampus works is he's basically... He works with St. Nicholas, and so on December 5th, he would visit the children of the Alps, and St. Nick would visit the good boys and girls, and he'd bring oranges and dried fruits and walnuts and chocolate. Meanwhile, if you've been naughty, you can expect a visit from Krampus, who'd whop you with a birch rod if you were bad. And maybe drowned you. I don't know. 
and maybe kill you. So just like be good. <laughs> and like the exact origins of Krampus are unknown. Like you can't find out exactly when Krampus started, but it's theorized that it stretches back to pre-Christian Alpine tradition. Um, so very old. And anthropologists have been studying Krampus for a long time. And from their studies, what they can see is that there's definitely Christian elements to like the St. Nicholas side of things. But the devilish Krampus part seems kind of like separate from it, mm-hmm. but also blended into it. It's interesting. So basically the summary is that Krampus derives from a pagan supernatural demon concept who was then blended into the Christian devil. And yeah, so whenever I was reading about just a little bit about Krampus, it I also had the same takeaway. It's a huge part of Austrian and German folklore. And then one thing... Yeah. One thing that I thought found very interesting was that in Austria and Southern Germany, they actually have a have Krampus runs. So yes. that's basically where grown up men dress up as Krampuses, which that's terrifying by itself. And then they parade <laughs> through the city streets and scare children. That's a real thing. Incredible. And we are going next year. That I sounds think, amazing. I think American children would be way more well behaved if we had more of these traditions. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. If you have a Santa, you have to have a Krampus. Like, otherwise, like, yeah, what's the point? Coal? I don't care. Give me some coal. Beat me with a birch rod, however. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And I'll stop talking in class. But Krampus, like, since the 16th century, Emma, people have been, like, dressing up as Krampus. And, like, sometimes in, like, the full full furry, like, regalia. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it just in the masks. And they take part in the winter parades and the church plays. And they just kind of, like, act crazy and boisterous and, like be crazy and i'll tell you that the krampus tradition is being revived more and more in these countries austria it's always been like a huge thing and as as recently as 2019 there's been reports of like drunken and disorderly conduct by masked krampuses (laughs) i love it i love it this is where it's important to remember that you're supposed to give krampus schnapps i was gonna say too much schnapps too much schnapps (laughs) too much schnapps I just thought that was, I think it's really cool lore. I would love to go to like a Krampus run. That sounds incredible. I want to do it. And um, just disappointed that this didn't look as cool as, you know, real Krampus. And it's a shame because like whenever I went to read on some of the, there's like a collection of secondary antagonists who are like Krampus's little minions who play a large role in terrorizing the family in this movie. I mean, as I read on them, there was actually like a good amount of folklore behind them, which was just not fleshed out in the movie. Please tell me because, yeah, not fleshed out at all. I was just disoriented. (laughs) So so when I first started um, reading about these supporting characters, I came across Clumpy, Dumpy, and Lumpy, which... (laughs) Oh, it's Dumpy is the... (laughs) So the first character, let me just warn you, is not from any folklore, so they... These are the character, this is the character or the characters of Clumpy, Dumpy, and Lumpy. <laughs> you mean that's not ancient alpine folklore? No. <laughs> Clumpy, Krampus Dumpy, did, and Lumpy? Krampus, Krampus did not have CGI sidekicks um, made of gingerbread called uh, Clumpy, Dumpy, and Lumpy. But literally the only thing that I could find on Wiki to give me a little bit of background about these characters was that Clumpy, just like his partners, is highly psychotic and constantly giggling. He obviously <laughs> finds joy and excitement in attacking people. He is apparently intelligent enough to operate a nail gun. <laughs> At that point, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not going to get that much good background. Absolute chaos. <laughs> but then I um, read about Perchetta, 
which is um, this is the anima animatronic rod puppet that was portraying kind of like a, a angel of some sort. Yeah, I thought she was like a cherub or something. Yeah, she is. So uh, Perchetta is named after the Krampus-like holiday character of Frau Perchetta. In her respective fo- folklore, Perchetta is a sorceress who lives in the mountains and who hunts down naughty children to disembowel with her silver knife. She also has oh my a large... God. She also has a large number of demonic followers who resemble the Krampus known as Perchton and Stragoli, which I apologize if I'm butchering those, which tear naughty children apart and who can turn invisible. <gasps> so, Jesus Christ, give them a movie. Give them a whole movie. Right? And like, how would we have done any of that from this two-dimensional character who was in this movie? Literally all is that's the angel one that just like attacks people's faces unsuccessfully yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. So there was also a, a dark elf because there were these elves that like were like hey, hey, at the end of the movie. Um, there was that's one what they sound like. who I cannot pronounce. It's like Glugagir, who she is also known as the window peeper. So she has a Ugh. mask that resembles a smiling old woman and is affiliated with December 21st. So she's the spy of Krampus and his victims. She's affiliated with watching people from the windows of their house to determine Ew. if they're naughty or nice. Oh my god! So that's that's real. really scary. I know that's it's so it? much scarier than the movie. <laughs> I know. And then I tried to look into some of the other ones, but like Der Clown is just a clown. So that was basically like if you haven't seen the movie, it's like a demonic jack-in-the-box that has like fangs and big jaws and like a weird clown yes worm-like body um so like he is not from the uh lore as you may have no uh, deduced and neither is teddy clow who is the hand puppet that's like the teddy bear (laughs) you mean uh freddie fazbear freddie fazbear oh my god if only freddie fazbear had been in this movie i would have rewatched he kind of was. <laughs> Only he, like, couldn't do any. He just kind of, like, chomped at people's, like, sh- jackets. <laughs> Didn't do much else. <laughs> you know, I um, I don't have a whole lot to add to the actual substance that you have brought to describing Krampus. But I do just want to add something about this movie, um, which is about the how they made the snow that is so prevalent in this movie. Is it soap? No. It was made from diaper material. Ew, that's so much worse. <laughs> Ew. So it's basically the material they Ew. used to make diapers. Mary Krampus. And then there's a fun fact that was like 95% of this movie was shot on the soundstage. I'm like, I know. I'm aware. It's very obvious. The only scene that wasn't shot on a soundstage was probably the best scene, which was the opening scene where it's just a bunch of... In the store. Yeah, it's it's set in a it's set in a in a um like a super center basically um like in a mall. This was filmed in a New Zealand department store, and it's just people ripping each other to shreds on Black Friday, which got That's me excited for the movie. movie. Yeah, exactly. And then nothing happened. It doesn't tie in to any of it. No, it, it really it really does not. Okay, all right. Well, we've we've discussed Krampus. We've discussed some of the sidekicks of Krampus, both real and made up for this movie. I think that we should tell people what this movie is about if they haven't seen it. (laughs) I think that's fair. I'm going to do a quick little plot summary, like a quick little five-minute plot summary, if I can, if I can talk that fast. We'll see. All right, so 
we've got the Engel family. That's Adam Scott, Tony Collette, and their two children. Max, the son, is a firm believer in Santa Claus, even though his parents are openly telling him that Santa isn't real. Yeah. And he just really wants to hold on to the spirit of Christmas. Tony Collette is kind of a bitch in this role because she's literally like, I mean, at some point you need to grow up. And I was like, Jesus, Tony. Yeah, it's time, it's time to grow up. You know, two days before Christmas, we just, it's time <laughs> to grow up. So he is really upset about it. He wants to believe in the spirit of Christmas. His awful extended family comes in. That's like Tony Collette's sister, her horrible misogynistic Confederate husband. And then their three awful children and their bulldog, who is great. Um, <laughs> and he's really upset. They have a beautiful December 21st dinner and he gets really upset he wrote this beautiful letter to Santa and he goes upstairs and he tears it up and he flings it out the window um little does he know that means that he is cursing his family yeah (laughs) to be killed by Krampus (laughs) also there's like a grandma named Omi um uh, which it was so she's German she's supposed to be from the dad's side of the family even though the dad Adam Scott does not speak German (laughs) in the entire movie he interprets Anytime the he German. Talks to the grandma. <laughs> yeah, he interprets the German, but it's very obvious that they were like, we're not going to take the time to teach this man some actual German. So we'll just have him like responding to the things she's saying in German. He will talk to her in English and she will respond in German. And it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but he, so Omi, oh, that was another thing because we grew up with, um, we had very, very close family friends that were German and they had a grandmother and a grandfather that were called Oma and Opa. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this this grandma is called Omi. So if, if you guys are German, I've looked it, up, looked it up and apparently they're just both grandma and I don't really understand the difference. So if you guys are German, I'm just curious about that. So please email me, nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. Tell me about your Omi and your Oma and your Opa. <laughs> um, but basically, Omi is just there to serve as a narrator for what Krampus is. She speaks like five lines in the whole movie. But basically, the family comes in, Max goes upstairs and curses his family on accident. Um, Basically, he doesn't believe in Christmas anymore. So late that night, there's a huge blizzard that engulfs the whole town. There's a power outage. Um, Beth, who is the daughter, Max's sister, goes out to check on her boyfriend who has a candy cane bong, which in the right movie I would have thought was hilarious. But this isn't that setting. But the tone of this movie was very serious at this point, and it was a family movie, and it just didn't work. So she goes to check on her boyfriend, who is not important, and I don't know why they gave him any screen time to this movie, when suddenly Krampus finds her and is chasing her around. She hides under a delivery truck, and then a giant jack-in-the-box, der clown, um, attacks her and presumably captures her back at the house the two dads search for beth for like five minutes um before hightailing it back um because they get hunted by krampus we have a great line from uh the the confederate dad who's just like see they see the hoof prints and he's like i've hunted a lot of game and those are hoof prints oh my god it was so bad I thought he was gonna be, I've hunted a lot of game and th- that's no moose or something like yeah. that. And he's like, I can confirm that these two obvious hoof prints, <laughs> yeah. those are hoof prints. And we're like, thanks, dad. Um, so they go back to the house. They're boarding up the house. They've given up on Beth. She's dead. Don't worry about her. And Omi is like, all right, keep the chimp, keep the fire going. That's very important. Um, but they don't. They No one does that. No one no listens one to Omi. And so they all fall asleep. And then the gingerbread men come and abduct Howie, who is one of the three awful children who are visiting. <laughs> yes. 
Can confirm. Um, Omi then gives them much needed um, exposition about Krampus, how Krampus is an ancient demonic spirit. She pun- He punishes um, those who have lost their Christmas spirit. And she talks about when she was a child, um, her parents would had lost their spirit it shows her like in a bread line like getting bread and people like take her bread and then like she has a santa doll and her parents like rip it in half (laughs) yeah she literally like her parents her parents literally ripped the santa doll in half because you know the hardships of war you have to destroy everything that brings happiness (laughs) um and so, and also our grandmother lived during the war and I don't think that she was like having her toys shredded or yeah, shredding other people's toys. She literally wore a gas mask to schools and she was not ripping my dolls in half. So <laughs> you have no excuse. So no excuse. <laughs> no excuse. Well, um, they get theirs because Krampus um, drags everyone to hell except Omi, except for young Omi. He leaves her a little bell with Krampus written on it. <laughs> and so... Then we flash forward. Everyone's like, who's going to believe this crazy nonsense? Well, things get a lot crazier because then two of the remaining children that haven't gotten sucked up the chimney are lured to the attic. Um, (laughs) And then whenever they hear screaming, the adults downstairs hear screaming, they go up and they find that one of the kids is being swallowed whole by Dare Clown, who is the (laughs) jack in the box. Yeah, it was Um, an experience. It was an experience. The family is able to fend off all these like demonic toys that have appeared to fend off these gingerbread men. We have evil elves that crash through the windows and abduct um, Aunt Dorothy, who is literally the worst part of this movie. Um, And Chrissy, who is a baby that is not important to this story. Oh, Um, I have to just say that um, with regard to the baby, they, (laughs) they, whenever they went to um, have this movie like edited, one of the notes that they got was, to cut back on that baby crying. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, literally. So the amount of baby crying we saw was a reduced amount of baby crying, apparently. Yikes. Well, I mean, most of the scenes are just them holding what is obviously a doll. <laughs> like a I lifeless know, doll. I know. And I'm fine with that, honestly. I don't need a real baby <laughs> in the shot. Well, the family decides, okay, we need to just, like, get out of here. So they grab an abandoned snowplow and they just take off. Omi stays behind to sacrifice herself, pretty much, to distract oh Krampus. And then <laughs> everyone starts getting attacked again. It's just a very long sequence of people getting attacked and dragged under the snow. Um it's not very important. But then uh, Krampus shows up and he goes up to Max and he gives him a little bell um, that says Krampus on it a lot like his grandma got when she was a little girl. And he also gives him the pieces of the letter um, to be like, hey, remember that letter? Well, I remember that letter. And so Max is like, oh, this is all my fault. <laughs> and so he chases after everyone and he goes up to Krampus and he's like, I am so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to. I take it back. And Krampus is like, well, you're still going in in the pit so (laughs) so he tosses him in the in the pit to hell that he's opened up then the next day we have max and emma made a joke at this point i think you were joking where she goes and it was all a dream i was joking about how as a second grader whenever i did not know how to end a story i would say and then it was all a dream because i would not know how to tie it up nicely so i just cut to that and then it was all And that's what they do. That's what they do here. So Max wakes up and it's Christmas morning. His family is alive and functional now and nice to each other. And he goes downstairs and he's unwrapping his present. And it's the Krampus bell. 
and all the family looks as they realize that Krampus events from their dreams were real. And then the camera pans out and we see that Krampus is watching them through a snow globe that he's collecting on his shelf. Because apparently he has a bunch of them, but which I don't understand. He taught them all a lesson about Christmas spirit. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. So, so the end like, tone is very sinister. <laughs> yeah, but it's also kind of like, well, that was nice of him. I guess he's like keeping some happy memories of the times that he fixed families. He's bullying people into remembering the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Great. I think it's time to rate this movie. Emma, I'll let you go first. Zero, I'm sorry, one to ten. <laughs> okay. I am going to give it one out of ten <gasps> gingerbread men. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is one out of ten der clowns for me. <laughs> well, there you have it. We've never we've never ranked rated anything that poorly. Um, or that it is quickly. time for the scoreboard. Or that quickly. It is time for the scoreboard. Emma, um, the bottom, shall we? Yeah, so I'm going to start with, so we're at 65. So I'm going to start with maybe 58 and we'll work from there. So I'm just okay. going to read them to you and then we can discuss. Okay. In descending order. In descending order. 58 is cats. 59. What? <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. 59 is children of the corn. 60 okay. is the nun. 61 okay. is troll 2. 62 <gasps> okay. is black christmas 2006. 63 Ooh, bad movie prom night 64 jeepers okay. creepers 65 uh -huh. darkness falls i'm just gonna start this off by saying i will not let this go above troll 2 this is 66 for me don't worry <laughs> I know. it really is like that that i was halfway through this movie and i was like i don't know what the bottom is but this is going on <laughs> but this is the bottom <laughs> And you guys, if this is a beloved Christmas movie to you, that is fine. And I am not trying to take anything away from that. Emma and I, one of our favorite favorite Christmas movies is The Family Stone, which no one has fucking heard of. Like, and I love and no that one, movie. Yeah. When I try to share it with people, they're like, that was fine. I'm like, no, you, you loved it. <laughs> you loved it and you missed it and you don't understand it. And that's like, we get it. Like, we have movies we love that other people do not get. But can we just appreciate that we have a Christmas miracle where Emma and Kate feel the same about a movie? <laughs> and that's true. good enough for me. Very true. This is probably the most harmonious we've ever been. Well, you know what? Thank you, everyone who suggested this movie. Um, thank you, everyone who voted for it. It was an experience. <laughs> it was food for thought, was, that's for sure. It was food for thought. And um, if we haven't terribly offended you, um, please, we would love a rating. <laughs> A positive we rating. A, rating, I, I a ranking. Um, we're trying to make the club bigger, get in the Christmas spirit so Krampus doesn't kill us all. So <laughs> give us a rating, give us a ranking. Yeah, if you tell don't want people be, to join us, let's you don't join be the drowned. club. There. You don't want to be drowned, thrown in a sack, thrown to hell. So why don't you tell someone about this club and make it a little <laughs> bit bigger? Get Was yourself. That good? Did that work? Get yourself a couple of brownie points before um, Santa and Krampus compare notes. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ways you can do close. that. You can go on <laughs> Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We would love that. You can also just tell your friends about it, like Kate was saying. Um, send us a message on nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com and just let us know like what you like that we do, what you don't like that we do, what you want to see next. We're open for all of it. 
Um, and yeah, that's about all I got. I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating. We're celebrating it with you. Happy holidays. We love you and we will see you guys next time. All right, guys. Stay spoopy. That's right. Still still need to stay spoopy even in the Christmas season. <laughs> stay spoopy. All right. Bye, guys. It's the most wonderful time of the with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer.